Two pastors and Tom walk into a bar, but this is no joke. It's the start of a conversation between three friends about culture, God, beer, and more. So pull up a chair, order a pint, and let's get started. Welcome to Pint Glass Preachers. My name is Tom, sidled up alongside the bar, and with me are Gabe and Josh. Speaking of, have you ever sojourned out for a bite to eat and a good drink, only to find that your choice in eatery only serves beer and wine? And to top that off, they only have one crappy beer and some old bottle of $2 wine. Or have you ever been to a buffet? I mean, we are Americans, who hasn't? But have you been to a buffet and there's only two selections, liver or sauerkraut? Or you turned on the TV and your only choices were reruns of Murder, She Wrote or the Home Shopping Network. Only two choices? That certainly sounds un-American. And it is. It is un-American. We live in a pluralistic society, the land of freedom and infinite choices. But somehow we only get two political parties. And I'm talking major political parties here. So apologies to the libertarians, the independents, and the greenies. For the sake of this episode, our discussion is going to focus on the D's and the R's. So let's get to it an entire episode that will surely alienate half our audience and not change a single person's mind. I don't think sidled is a real word. Can I say that real quick? I am 100% sure it's a word. Hey, text us, Facebook us, and let Josh know what a dummy he is for not knowing that the word sidled. Sidled, sidled up, no, like sidled up alongside the bar? Yeah, you sidled. That's not a real word. Yeah. That is not a real word. Look it up. It's a real word. And Listen. It's it's maybe the one time that you actually use the word sidle. Yeah, I think Tom's right for one. For two, let's not miss the bigger thing here, Josh, that this is that was arguably Tom's best intro to date. To uh, date. You say that date. every two or three episodes. You say well, that every two or three episodes. I don't know if that's true. That no, it was like it had the illustrations, it had the the provocateurness. Like I actually want to listen to this episode, even though I know we're crap. Once, once, again, once again, once again, once again, a made up word, provocateurness. A made up. You guys, this is what brings our entire show down when you make up words. Oh, that's or what it is. Really or is I? Yep. I am not sure if, if Gabe's word is real, but or is bringing our episode down the fact that you don't have a solid grasp of the English language. Fact. Is it one and, of those? And my word uh, was probably. probably no doubt, no doubt. All okay, right. all right, hey, we'll on. fair enough. Listen, fair friends, enough. All right. we want to connect with you, the good listener. Please check us out in the social media places: the Twitter, the Instagram. Josh talked to you a little bit about the Facebook in a moment here, but also we want to encourage you to uh, check out our friends, the Gospel Economists. They host our show on their website, uh, medium.com slash the dash gospel dash economist. They're actually in the mix in or in the works of getting a new site up right now. That'll be a little bit easier to remember. Uh, but we hope you've been checking out their articles. There'll they, be less dashes. Less dashes, which is always helpful. Uh, their writers have taken a breather for the summer, but they plan to be back at it uh, in, in like a month. So we are excited for them and encourage you to, uh, to dig into their archives right now as you await new material from them. Uh, the Gospel Economist, great friends. Glad that we get to partner with them. All right, enough of that. What are we drinking? I'm starting. Uh, I, and I think I've probably drank this on an episode already, but this is the greatest summer beer in the world, as far as I'm concerned. 
Uh, it's uh, Bell's Oberon. So Bell's is the brewing company and Oberon Ale is their, their beer. It's an American wheat ale. It's kind of got these, these hints of orange uh, brewed in, in Comstock, Michigan. And it's refreshing and fun. And I just love it. Gabe, didn't you bring some of that when we were together at camp LCMS? I did. Together? Rub I it did. in. Yeah. Yep. Rub it in, Tom. That's right. Yeah, Josh, remember when you were – oh, you weren't with us. Oh, so weird that I wasn't. Yeah. Huh. On fire. Not in what, a good way. What are you, what drinking, are you drinking, Josh? Uh, well, you know, I tend to have a story with every beer that I drink. And so this one comes by way of West Okaboji, Iowa. My wife and kids drove Woo! all the way out to Algona, Iowa for – some relatives, uh, I think a second cousin or something like that, her wedding. And while they were out there, my brother-in-law was so kind as to pick up some local brews and send them my way. So shout out to TJ. Thanks, Tom Bilstein, for yet another beer. And most importantly, to the West O Brewing Company out of West Okaboji, Iowa, for this delightful chocolate stout. Hints of vanilla. Definitely notes of chocolate. Very smooth. Very delicious. Wonderful. Wow. Tom, how about you, brother? Well, I am. Uh, I'm still on the gluten-free kick, and I am drinking Omission uh, IPA. That's nice. it. Is that is that a gluten-free IPA? It is, and it's and it's actually a very good beer. I, was saying, really? I actually like Omission. Yeah, it's it's pretty. good. I've never had it, but I yeah. I tend not to like fake beer. It's yeah. I mean it, that that would be the like when you're when you're picking it up, you're like this isn't real beer, but it is. It's pretty good. I mean, still obviously got the alcoholic content. It's not like a through two or anything like that, but uh, yeah. Well, as one who used to work at, listen, as one who used to work at a brewery in St. Louis, uh, that's not actually a beer. It is a malt beverage. Just oh. FYI to all of our good listeners that what Tom is drinking tonight is a malt beverage. And on that note, next week, Zima. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, dude, I saw that at a Walmart the other day and I had no idea they were still making they, Zima. They just came back out with it. And my sister-in-law was so excited. She went and got a bunch of six packs. I just saw a six pack sitting in, <laughs> in her garage. And so I will, I will have a Zima next week. You next guys, week. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Next it's episode. Tom Zima drinks a Zima. Again. <laughs> it really Zima is. Great can, again. can we get some t-shirts? Who wants to sponsor Pine Class Preacher so we can get some make Zima great again t-shirts? <laughs> Hopefully Zima does. Hopefully Zima. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're listening. So thank you, Zima. For the rest of you, though, who aren't corporate liquor uh, <laughs> distribution companies, why don't you check out our Facebook page? Enough said. It's Facebook. If you don't know about it by now, you miss the boat by about 15 years. That's right. Um, however, for you youngsters who want to communicate with us directly, feel free to text us in your questions and or comments to a fake number that seems to be connected to Tom because it's a Minnesota area code. 612-208-6258. That's right. You can actually text us your questions at 612-208-6258. My question. Speaking of which, no, Tom, stop. Uh, fine, go. Yep, because we have a very important question to get to right now. And this question came in from a texter from Houston. We don't know who you are, but we're appreciative of you. It makes us feel like our reach is, well, beyond Tom's mom. So the question <laughs> is this, Gumby or Pokey, boys? What? So to me, real quick, Gumby or Pokey, it's a no-brainer. When I was a young man, I watched a Gumby and Pokey. Episode. You've already taken too long on this question. 
It's Pokey. Yes, Gumby or Pokey, Pokey Gabe. He's the drummer. Pokey, no! What? Drums. I was going to tell an anecdote. You missed it. Horse. No, Pokey. don't care. Tom, Tom, please. Tom, please. Uh, just please talk some sense into him. Gumby. That's all I got. Okay. That's all I got. Okay. I'm not talking any sense. Wait, so does that mean that I have to be the tiebreaker here and really make the distinction here between Gumby and Pokey? Yep. Listen, Gumby was the classic archetype because Already too long. He... Already too long. Okay, well, no, no. And Pokey, Pokey happened to be uh, sort of like Papa Bear from the Bernstein Bears. And in the words of a professor at the seminary, is just completely emasculated. And so <laughs> that's... I mean, that's what Pokey was. He was made to be like the dumb sidekick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cool. Anyway, listen, listen. We could go on all night, but we're not about, going to about Gummy and Pokey. We're not certainly not going to. Although that is an intriguing question. Instead, question number two comes from our good friend Jonathan Jacobs out in Texas, and he says this: Listening to podcast episode number eleven, I have a response to the AR question. I have being, and will continue. Being an AR-15, which is an... Okay, well, I was going to get there, Tom. Oh, sorry, he, he actually sorry. explains that. Yeah, you just cut off one of our listeners. Ah, just sorry, Jonathan. Jonathan says, I have and will continue to use an AR-15 to hunt hogs in Texas. Hogs are an invasive species that has cost Texans more than $2 billion, that's right, with a B, billion dollars in agricultural damages per year for the last few years. Hogs also kill other animals and have hurt plenty of people. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Proper gun management and storage will help to avoid guns falling into the wrong hands. First of all, thank you, Jonathan, for reaching out to us on Facebook. Second of all, Tom, you seem to have an answer. I somehow doubt it, but we'll listen anyway. Yeah, so I really do appreciate that. I think I, I made my, my views pretty clear back on that episode uh, about guns. I, I'm okay with people owning guns. That's that's fine. What I question is where do you draw the line on what kind of guns people can own? And the, the, there's a couple things in here. First off, uh, I'll just quickly address guns don't kill people. People kill people. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But people kill more people with guns. And to say otherwise, I think is is fairly unintelligent because we send our military into war with guns. So if you want to make an argument that you can j kill kill anybody with anything, well then don't take guns to war. Take something else because you can just kill people. People kill people. So let's do it barehanded. That's not how it works. Guns kill people. People with guns kill people. Secondly, I totally get it. And this is a great example of where an AR-15 is really useful, killing hogs in Texas. And I'm sure there's some other good reasons for it too. And they're great for target practice. That's fine. But Hogs aren't the real reason that we have the Second Amendment. Hogs aren't the reason why you want the AR-15. Across the country, people want their guns because they want to have the right to bear arms and so they can rise up against a tyrannical government. The funny thing to me, though, is that typically speaking, the Republican Party is the, is the ones who are, who are arguing for the Second Amendment. They're also the ones who want to continue to pour billions and trillions of dollars into our military, making it even more impossible to fight against a tyrannical government. But that's neither here nor there, because at the end of the day, I don't have a good solution. I know this. It's a really hard solution. Of You, you don't want to take all the guns away, but then you leave us without enough guns. I get it. It's very hard, and I'll leave it at that. 
Wow. Thanks, Tom. Um, while Tom goes and takes a cold shower to cool off. That's after right. That rant. After that hot take. We're going to get to question number three. However, I think we can all agree. Hey, can I do the a quick British shout out real quick, pig. though? The, uh, the, the British were pigs. Listen, the British were pigs and deserve to be shot by IR-15s. That's that is true. There's no doubt about that. America, don't okay. tread on me. That, don't tread on me. That tyrant King George. Uh, but let me do a, a quick shout out to, to my boy, Jonathan. Uh, he was actually a, a student of mine when I was an adjunct professor at uh, Concordia, Texas. And uh, a wonderful student. And so, Jonathan, thanks for listening and for your thoughts, man. We, we appreciate it, brother. Jonathan, I'm so sorry that you had to endure an entire class. Was it semester or quarter system down there? Uh, this was a nobody week, cares a five week intensive. Okay, on the history of America. okay. Well, oh, even worse, Jonathan. Way to hang in there, bud. Way to hang in there. Oh, no, it was ethics. It was uh, ethics. Are, oh, even <laughs> even worse. That didn't, that didn't make it better. Uh, but will what will make this episode hopefully better is finally our third question. That was texted in from yet another listener, Stephen. That we're actually going to talk about for the entire episode. Yes, which we are. So here's a question. Let me use this as an introduction for what we are supposed to be talking about tonight, other than pigs and Gumby and Pokey. And Stephen, or is it Stefan? Stephen. Stephen. Okay. Stephen, you say, on your last show, you talked about how you were a Democrat. I'm assuming the U was Gabe because he's no, a Tom. raging liberal. It was Tom. It oh, it was Tom. Well, Tom is that. also a raging liberal. Shoot. I mean, who knows what we are? But anyway, obviously, this is not the first thing that one thinks of when you describe a Christian, especially of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod nature. So what makes one a Democrat or a Republican? And what, if anything, does this have to do with our faith? How should we as Christians approach politics? That is a great question, Stephen, and we have devoted an entire episode. Or at this or point, like two-thirds. Maybe like two-thirds of an episode. Whatever, Tom. Listen, we're going to go to break. Tom still needs to go take that shower because obviously he's still up and riled and out of control. Oh, and when we, come back, when we come back, we've got a game and then a lively discussion. We'll see you after the break. Welcome back. We are going to get into it. We are going to talk about this question of Republican, Democrat. Is one a Christian? Is one not? Who knows? Before we get there, though, I want to play a game. Are you guys ready to play a game? We're ready to play a Always. game. All right. I'm going to say a sentence or, or a word or something like that. And you are guys are going to say the Republican or Democrat. Okay? I'm going to say you know, this party believes in this. And you're going to say Republican or Democrat. And you can only say that, okay? I don't want you guys to nuance it. Not yet. That's what our episode's for, okay? Got it? Got it. Got, Got it. it. Got it. Oh, wait, real quick. 
Can I say Republicrat or Democrat? No, you stole no. it. Are you okay? Listen, no, no, no. This is ridiculous. I was going to say Republic, no matter what Tom said, I was going to say Republicrat, the very first one. And listeners, we did not actually plan this. Gabe just stole my idea and wow. I hate him for it. I hate you for it. I hate you both for it because although, that's my word that I've already trademarked. So let's move. Although okay, I let's although I love you because it just shows how of one mind we are. All right, here we go. All right, Republican or Democrat? Ready? Ready. Loves the environment. Democrat. Republicrat. Come on. Democrat. Democrat, all right. Uh, Loves going to war. Ralph Nader. Yes. You guys are terrible. Wait, can I say yes? No. Republican. All right, fine. Republican. Republican. There, there's a whole point to this game that you guys are screwing up. Okay, All right. Republican, Republican. 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 Right? Okay. okay. Um, Christian. Republican. Republican. That's the one, right? We're looking at yes. we're looking at some of these words or some of these phrases. I uh, we very much have some stereotypes when it comes to Democrats, Republicans. If you're a Republican, you are usually a hawk when it comes to war. You are pro-life. You are Christian. Uh, you love small gov- small government. Uh, if you are Democrat, you love abortion. You uh, you are for big, huge government that spends all sorts of money. Um, you you love minorities, and this is this is being a Democrat, right? We have these stereotypes. And I think the thing in this conversation that we need to be careful about is that we, we can't reduce people down to just their, their political beliefs. There was a great article just posted by uh, Andrew w- WK. Yes, that Andrew WK, the one who uh, sang the song Party Hard. What was that, 10 years ago now? When it's time to party, we will always party hard. That's listen, right. not all of us listen to terrible music. So at, yeah, for those UK, of us who are naive. UK went to Juilliard, Josh. is not terrible music. Calm down. Yeah, it, is, it was terrible. It was. Oh, I don't it, care if you go to awesome. Juilliard. You can still be a terrible dancer. No, no. He's awesome. Yeah. So he, here's what he wrote, though. This is an article that was just uh, a bunch of people were posting on Facebook the, the other day. He said, uh, to, you can't reduce a person to a set of beliefs and political views and how it relates to you. And you don't... You can't consider a person of this standing just a Republican or just a Democrat. You've also reduced yourself to a set of opposing views and reduced your relationship to that person to a fight between the two of you. The humanity has been reduced to nothingness, and all that's left in its place is an argument that can never really be won. And even if one side did win, it probably wouldn't satisfy the deeper desire to be in a state of inflamed, passionate conflict. And so I thought this was absolutely amazing because right now we're in, in this incredibly divided partisan country and we, we reduce people down to, oh, you're a Republican, so you are less than, you are not, a, you are not of, of my ilk, you, you know, you are, you are less intelligent, whatever side you might be on. And so I think we, we got to try to, uh, we can we can disagree with one side or the other, but we got to remember the humanity and that there's a person on the other side of the argument. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, agreed. Agreed. However, I think that's so naively ideological, because 
each so and 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 this is um this is highly contextual but i think it also undermines exactly what andrew wk is saying so (laughs) there there are situations in which say i'm just going to use one that's that's like i said highly contextual to me republicans particularly those who are in office tend to say incredibly racially biased and segregative comments Uh republicans agree with those comments so therefore it's not unfair to say that many republicans are are racist in their views of socioeconomics politics and even race so So Dude, hold on, hold on. Let's just back this up, though, because that that isn't fair. Let, so can I paint this with a broader brush? Let me paint this with a broader brush, and then you can come back, Josh. Let me say this. Okay, fine. Here's, here's something everybody agrees on. doesn't matter where you sit. Something's not right with the world. Something's not right with our country. No matter who you are, you agree with that. Okay? Yep. Like, no one thinks things are perfect. And so then the okay. question becomes, what's the cause of the problem? And then thereby, what becomes the solution of the problem? And okay. Democrats typically, you know, if I were to, to, to generalize, would say it's, it's, a, uh, it's a systemic problem, it's structural problems, it's, it's systems uh, that are oppressing people, that are harming people, that are causing a lot of these issues to happen, systems that have been in place that are, that are destructive towards certain people groups. Uh, sounds fairly biblical. What's that? It does. That is biblical. I said sounds fairly biblical. It is biblical. It's prophetic. Republicans would say, uh, no, 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 not so fast. Uh, it's actually the individual, that individuals make poor choices, individuals make bad decisions, and they, they either can make a good decision or a bad decision, but that kind of ends up determining your lot in life. That's good. These are broad. Sounds which is, biblical. Which is also biblical, right? We believe in agency. Like, uh, so, so, so that's the divide there, right? Is to say, is it the individual? Is it the system? And, and you're exactly right, Josh. The answer biblically is yes. Okay, so that's, that's a great broad picture brush, but I think it's also escapist in nature because whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you tend to vocalize the rhetoric that drives your point of view. Yes. And those tend to be incredibly divisive, even though every Republican and every Democrat would say, yeah, oh, it's a human being on the other side. They shouldn't be offended by this. I don't mean it actually literally or personally or pejoratively or condescendingly, but that's how it always ends up being. And so that's why I said, yeah, we can speak in these broad broad strokes about um, you know the, the generalizations of each political party, but at the same time, you can't deny the actual – rhetoric that is coming out of the various parties and we live in a volatile presidency in which rhetoric is used like unabashedly and that rhetoric has caused harm and so i that's what i'm saying like yeah you're right and yes i was very serious when i said both of those things sound very biblical but at the same time um it's just i don't know well dude i i think here's the thing josh and I know you've been listening to a lot of Ben Shapiro, so let me oh, have it. So much, man. So much. Uh, I mean, I also listen to a lot of NPR and Pod Save America. All right. I'm keeping myself balanced, fair and balanced, like Fox. Fair News. enough. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I think we make that joke like every other episode, but um, we really do. We, we should probably stop. We should probably stop. Before Fox drops out as one of our corporate sponsors, <laughs> they're going to be really upset with us. Really upset with us. Um, no. So. 
I'll, I'll put it this way. I just, I don't know. I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot because in one sense, I, I feel like I get systemic issues. Um, but sometimes I feel like leftist, to put it that way, strategies towards systemic issues end up being really paternalistic and being like, oh, you poor people couldn't figure it out on your own. You people of a different color, you couldn't figure it out on your own. So let, let mama government come in and she will nurture you at her bosom and we'll just take care of you. And then I feel like, but then you go to the other extreme and conservatism says, hey, you just, what's your problem? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And people are saying, I ain't got boots and I ain't got straps. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to pull myself up by. And so so to me, like, I, I don't see a, a a human answer in either of these, like a, a way that addresses the humanity of the person. One says you're just a victim and that's all you are and let mommy and daddy take care of you. And it's just super paternalistic. And one says, you know, you're an idiot. And you don't have your stuff together and ignores the very real systems that are holding people back. Okay, so let me dial this in then to what I originally said. What Andrew W.K. and that article he produced is highly ideological and very naive because he says we need to remember that real people exist behind these ideas, behind these values, yet we completely ignore that when we make the exact distinctions that you just said. What do you mean? Because I, I think Wait, you're. I think we're agreeing okay, so with like, Andrew so, W.K. I don't know what we're disagreeing with. That sounds. He sounds. It sounds like I'm disagreeing with what he's doing. Saying. No, I. But I think it's in an ideological way. It's it's a it's a fantastical way in the terms of it is fantasy that we actually adhere to that is what I'm arguing. Well, his point is we should adhere to that. I don't think his point is that we do. That's his whole point. But no article. one does. No one does. Even he doesn't do it. I would bet. Right. That's the which is why it makes it ideological. It's this great thing. It's 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 what we should you know kind of like uh, seek to attain. Yet at the same time, we'll never actually accomplish because we can't get past our own biases to see and remember that real people exist behind these ideas. So that that person who is a victim of systems isn't just being uh, nurtured at the bosom of mama government, and the person behind capitalist republicanism isn't just someone who happened to have boots and straps and be able to pull them up themselves or have, oh, I don't know, mom or dad pull them up for them or give them really, really nice boots that didn't need to be pulled up in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Like this is what people say when they want to escape the reality of the division that exists between political lines. Hey, we're all people. We just got to remember that because no one actually adheres to it. And so to say it is sort of a farce and it deepens the entire experience. That's all I'm saying. Right. And so like, it's, you know, for example, like I, I really do consider myself centrist, right? Like I really am just like, I'm just in the middle. I don't know what to do. And I can't sit here and pretend like my hands are clean though. Like that's BS. If I sit here and say, oh, you know, you guys are warring on those other sides, but here I am the pure one. That's BS. Is, is that kind of your point? And I, I'd agree with you. Yeah. And, and that, but I think that's inherent to our political system because we've left no room for the middle. And to be in the middle is to somehow identify with something that isn't American, that doesn't actually exist. Yet at the same time, like I would consider myself in the same place. Like, yeah, I'm in the middle. There are things systemically that I agree with from a democratic perspective, but yet from say there, there are things that, that I tend to fall in line with on the conservative end of the Republican spectrum. And And so I would say that I, that's what's so mind boggling to me is that in America, and that was kind of the whole point of the intro that somehow we've gotten ourselves to the point where we have to line up like you have to pick sides and you have to you have to line up with these 10 things or these 10 things which i don't think are congruous with one another it's just 
Yeah. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. Well, so let me, let me, can I, let me float a, a provocative statement that a friend of mine floated to me uh, very recently. Are you ready? Do you need to give a shout out to this person or should we wait? No, 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 no. Um, it, I'll, I'll keep him anonymous or her. Um, <laughs> good, good one, Gabe. Thanks. Nice. Great save. We're not sure if this is a male or a female. Now, now our listeners have, have gotten it down to half the population. There we go. Okay. Two more so clues and they'll have it. He or she. You're giving them a fight and a chance. He or she said to me this statement, Gabe, the obvious choice for a Christian, the obvious choice for a Christian in the last election was Hillary Clinton. Yes. I think I, everyone, everyone who's I, listening to this right now, who sits on the right hand side of, of the political spectrum is, has literally just torn out their hair and set themselves on fire. Well, they, so let's explore this. Why would he say that that's the obvious choice? Let's, let's do that. Let, let, let me take a guess because I would have, I would have said yes with a question mark or a couple at the end of it. And I will say this because the campaign and mind you, this is just an observation to answer the question, mm -hmm. the campaign on the Trump Republican side was much more vitriolic towards those that the Bible would seek to protect, to uplift, to honor. So who would that the, be? Can you just clarify that for the good listener. In general, I would say the poor, the refugee, the widow. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I would say in general, the rhetoric coming from Hillary Clinton's camp was one filled with justice equity and benevolence for all. And I say that with obvious asterisks on both end because it wouldn't it wouldn't carry or or maintain the same kind of significance or meaning that I would apply it biblically. However, in general, I would say that the themes encapsulated in each campaign, one, the Republican lended itself not as much biblically uh, in, in many ways, just in terms of rhetoric and terminology as Clinton's. But that's, that's I mean, it's a guess right, right. based well, so on that extremely provocative statement. Right. So let me frame it this way then, because then let's say, and we all have friends that have said this to us, uh, since we, we generally swim in, in conservative Christian circles. I'm sure you both have heard this. Um, yes, of course, the Bible is all about the, the refugee, the widow, the orphan, the poor, the immigrant. The Bible, I mean, just, if, if must you haven't ever read the Bible, that's it's there's so much about it in there, right? And they'd say, of course, of course. But that should be up to me personally. That should be up to the church personally. It is not about the government to do that. It's 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 wrong for the government to do that. And so that's why I vote conservative in good conscience. So so you know the left can sound as nice as they want, but the reality is, yes, me as a person, I'm gonna be uh, I'm going to care about those things, but I don't want the government to care about those things. And and so that's but why that's most, it's okay for me to vote Republican. 
But dude, that's the most democratic thing I've heard because if we want to take it to the to the far right you know conservative extremism that that always touts pro-life issues as like their flag in the sand, I will not die unless I've fought the good fight against the pro-choice argument. That's the most democratic thing because what you just actually said was exactly what they would uh, the, or, or, the, or the argument they would make against the democratic argument for pro-choice because they would say it's up to the individual woman to determine whether or not she chooses to abort the child or to birth the child. And what you just said was that that's actually the the the, the pure Republican conservative rightist view of the fact that the government shouldn't get involved. So – Correct so, me if I'm wrong, but you kind of just made the argument that Republicans often sound more Democratic than the Democrats. It, it, it's a really fine point, Josh, and something Gabe and I had a discussion once again at Camp Walter. Um, <laughs> it's Camp Law and Gospel, baby. It's, all day, every day. For all you listeners, we'll let you in on the joke. Gabe and I were together at Camp Luther, which is not a hard name to remember because— This is not entertaining. Camp Luther or Martin Luther was the one who started the Lutheran uh, denomination. And Josh, who is a pastor for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, cannot somehow remember the name Camp Luther. Anyway, um, Gabe and I were having a discussion and it came down to Gabe, you kind of asked me, like, why do you tend to lean left and vote Democrat in elections? Knowing because we have this discussion, I do recall consider myself a Republicrat, a centrist, a moderate, whatever. And, and, I, I, and I do that because I, I find the Republican Party to be more hypocritical than the Democratic Party. And both parties are hypocritical in ways. But I just, it, it's for those types of things that you just brought up that make me think that. I, I, it's the gun argument that I made. We got to have our guns so that we can rise up against our government. But I have no problem putting $10 trillion towards our, our armed forces, who will be the arm of our tyrannical government if they become tyrannical. Like, I, like it doesn't make sense to so me. So let me, let me just play devil's advocate here, though, on, on a bunch of this, okay? Um, so one, you know, like like abortion, obviously a big issue, and, and we're all on the same page. We're all uh, pro-life and and actually like mm -hmm. babies, uh, encourage them living. Um, yeah, that's and, true, right? Fact. Um, but yes, but uh, but so, so okay. So so to, so for the Republican, for the conservative, they would say, well, that that is different. The government should protect the life of that innocent child. So the government's duty, and this actually feeds into your 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 sort of generalization of Republicans kind of being a bit more militaristic. Um, in that the government's role is to protect its people. And so if the unborn are people, then the government's role is to protect those people. And then if the, if, uh, the enemy is foreign, uh, then the government should build up its military to protect the, uh, the, the citizens of its, of its country from foreign people that would do them harm. Um, and so, Jim Crow. <clears throat> oh, segregation. <clears throat> oh, man. Well, so what, oh, is that? Well, what do you mean by that? Like, what does that have episode. to do with what I'm saying? What does that have to do with what I'm saying? What it has to do with what you're saying is that it's a it's a it's the common reduction of the pro life argument to simply the unborn child, the the fetus. No, and so what I'm saying, it, I'm just said the government's role is to no, but what you're describing is okay, citizens. That's what I'm saying. Exactly, and so so let's just look at history, okay? And okay. Republican dominated governments in this country 
And I mean that by our, our executive and legislative and judicial branches, not like you know the Kenyan government or something. But Republican-dominated governments are the ones that tended to propagate segregative practices in under the exact same auspices. We are protecting our citizens, yep. white citizens. We are maintaining the privilege of our citizens that God has ordained them to be. Well, predominantly white citizens. And so what I'm saying is this is the argument. This is what frustrates me as someone who is entirely pro-life, entirely pro-life. It's always a reductionist move to the fetus without without ever acknowledging that all life is sacred. So to be pro-life is also then to advocate for the lives of people of color who are needlessly murdered as well. Yes, agreed. Agreed. So that, that's all I'm saying. I, I was making the militaristic connection that, that we just – sort of made the move time when it comes to the pro-life argument, particularly under the auspices of the right side of government. Well, and so the line is often, right, that government exists to protect its citizens from enemies, both foreign and domestic. And so the concern, yeah. yes. right, would be to say, hey, you're really worried about the foreign enemy. And then domestically, the only thing you're worried about is the unborn, as opposed to domestically those of racial minorities that are clearly um what's the word i'm looking for i don't know what's the right word unjustly treated or yes or murdered sure. uh unjustly yes correct okay okay i get that all right. that, that's all that's all I was saying is that it was it was just actually sounding a lot like the arguments that you hear quite often these days well and i, I think yeah and again, I mean, we, we are, of course, speaking in generalities, like, but, but I think, you know, one of the things that's interesting to me is like, uh, so Jerry Falwell, uh, everyone's best friend, um, Liberty uh, University. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, he, of course, famously of the religious right, moral majority, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, obviously very, very pro-life guy. And I, there's a, there's a talk he gave where he's like, if we're going to actually be pro-life, we need to start building homes for single moms. We need to start supporting like single moms in what they're doing and figuring out ways to do that. Um, exactly. And again, and that's great, right? I mean, we'd all say cheers to you, but he would say, yes. and the government should have nothing to do with that. Right. It, we and, should be doing that. And, and, and so here, here's something that they'll say the government shouldn't be doing that. It should rest on the individual because right. the individual is so magnanimous that they're going to go out and do this for everybody that, and it's just not going to happen. And this is, again, one of the hypocritical things to me. When we played this game before, I said, who's usually the Christians? And the, the question that started this all, well, Republicans are Christians, right? And, and so as Christians, we believe that we are fallen, sinful beings. And so what makes you think and what from history would ever make you think that individuals are going to, on a large scale, say, we're going to take care of everybody. And we're going to do the right thing all the time. Ooh, can I can I give an example to that? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Gabe, but I trust Gabe more in this realm. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, burn. Awesome. Okay. Can I go get a new drink then while you guys yes, are dismissing yeah. me Goodbye, completely? Tom. Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll see you in at least 15 minutes on this. Yeah. Um, no, I'm but going to go learn this, to read. I'm actually really glad that you brought that up because there is one very – unique and distinctive situation in in the Christian Bible that talks about and and speaks specifically to this very thing. There was a king named Cyrus in Persia 
He was not a Christian. And yet God calls him out as being good and doing the right thing, not just for his people, but for God's people as well. And so I I don't think uh, it's got to be a both and just like we talked about at the very beginning. Yes, it's systems and that is biblical. Yes, it's individuals and that is biblical. So we can't just simply run away and say, oh, the government shouldn't ever do anything uh, for, for all the people because I am the first one to say we are not a theocratic nation. We are not God's people. America are not God's people. Okay, can I say that any more clearly? We are not Israel. But at the same time, we should still – stop giving me that look, Gabe, like you believe that. <laughs> but we should we should not give up the fight to hold our government and our elected leaders accountable to doing what we hold is right for all people, our neighbors. Essentially, that drills down to the greatest commandment, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yep, and so right. it's possible, but – as we see in all the in all the history that is recorded in the scriptures, only Cyrus is named as being this person who is not among God's people, but to be doing good things for essentially everyone. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we, we we've hit a bunch of points here that can get us back to the original question, and I want to I want to go off that. And unless Gabe, you you absolutely no no go go go. Okay, the original the original question that we got from Stephen was, you talked about how you were a Democrat, obviously, and that's such a great word, obviously, that is not the first thing one thinks of when you describe a Christian. And when he wrote that, I was just like, wow, like, ouch. Like, that's a legitimate, that is a legitimate belief in our country, that if you are a Democrat, you can't possibly be Christian. Right. So where, where's that coming from? Oh, so I think two answers to that. One, we, in our next episode, are going to have historian Dr. Heath Carter on, who is an expert Shameless in- Shameless plug time. Yeah, yeah. Who's an expert in uh, the history of American Christianity. And I assure you, he'll be able to give a fuller answer to that. Uh, and in fact, I can't really give a great answer to that. Because what I was going to say is it is a uniquely American question um, in that I, I talked to a friend of mine who's who's from uh, Great Britain, and he said, like, the, does he listen to this? Because I feel really bad about making that whole all British or pigs comment now. No, nah, he's probably cool with it. Uh, um, I don't remember you doing that anyways. Um, well, now we brought it up. It was, again. With the gun, it was with the gun thing, the AR-15, killing hogs, Second Amendment rights, you know, the whole British tyrannical Oh, government. yeah. No, no, no. He's cool. He was down with uh, 1776. Um, oh, all right. Cool. Right on, British friend. Yeah, yeah. He's down. He would have uh, joined us. Um, no, at any rate. Wait, uh, so he would have been, been a said, traitor? What's that? Yeah, he would have been. Turncoat. Keep going. Okay. Turncoat. Sorry. Killer. Great song. Anti-flag. Check it out. Uh, moving along. So... He said that, uh, you know, so obviously Great Britain has a state church, right? The, the Anglican Church, Church of England over there is, is a state church. Uh, but but he said those that are kind of more committed Christians, if you will, the I guess pro- perhaps evangelicals, maybe the fair way to put it. So like the evangelical Christians in Great Britain, they're associated with the Socialist Party. Like so, so as naturally as we think evangelical Christian, we go Republican. He said over there, evangelical Christian, you just naturally go Socialist. Really? Yeah. That's fascinating. You're right. Blew my mind. Yeah. No, I mean, it, 
it, it totally is because it's something that's so foreign to us for how many, I, I mean, I don't want to say centuries because I, I don't think this, that these distinctions were no. quite as articulated back in good old 1776 and the Liberty Bell was ringing, you know, Republican pride. But yeah, I, I man, that is, well, I think that is really interesting. I, and I, I bet you our, our guest next week will will back me up on this to some degree. But I, I do think that the the especially in the last 30, 30 to 40 years that uh, that abortion really, really shapes that conversation, because like you said earlier, that that pro-life, pro-choice is is literally the, the, the line in the sand for for most Republicans and especially Christian Republicans. And so. Yeah. You know, to say if you don't, if you are not pro-life, then you can't possibly be Christian. Yep. Because because we're talking about the sanctity of life here, and all God's children are precious. Yep. And then, and like like you've said already, I'm pro-choice, but I'll ask the question. No, or you're I'm pro-life. Pro-life. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm pro-life, pro-life, I'm pro-life. Whoa, Tom. Whoa, whoa. 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 Push no. the pause button. Um, the 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 thing that. The question that I'll ask right away is the I don't understand why Republicans are pro-life, but then as soon as the child is born, it's like, nope, you're on your own. Like you said earlier, pull yourself right. up by your bootstraps, especially if you're a minority. And as soon as you're 18, we're gonna throw a gun in your hand and we're gonna go invade a country, you know, and like, but we and we certainly don't care about the sanctity of that brown life over there. You know, like that's that's what I see. And that's what I hear stream media. Like that is what I hear. And I think that's where, that's where Steven gets to this question is, is that we, how can you possibly be Democrat and and Christian? And I all ask the same way. How can you possibly be Christian and Republican? So let's, let's go here because Tom, I think that this, honestly, it has like, this is the issue, right? Like it, it just has to be abortion. It is just the thing. And, and so Lucy K actually has a really, it's a pretty good bit about it in like his most recent standup thing where he talks about, it. he's like, you know, people that are pro-life, like get like really upset about it. And people are always like, why are you so upset about it? And, and he goes, he's like, because you're, they think you're killing a baby. They think you're killing a human being. Of course they're upset about it. Like, like he like just right. goes through this whole thing. Like, of course, like, why wouldn't they be? Um, and actually, it gets really disturbing because it gets into like, and you kind of are. And he's like, but I'm still pro-choice. And I was like, dude, that is like a dark thing to say. But that's neither here nor there. It really is. It, oh, it super is. But it, at any rate, and so that that does become this just huge line in the sand. And so how do you respond to that, though? Because I think that is a thing. Like, that's clear and obvious, right? At least to us as mm-hmm. Christians and historically as Christians, the church has always opposed abortion. And, and so so we say dude, that is just wrong, period. How can we vote for anything that was for that in any way, shape, or form? Right. And, and, and the problem I have with, with that is, is, of course, that is really bad. How do I vote for that? But then I can see the exact same things happening in other ways, in other policies. And so but, then you say, oh, yeah. how, how can Let's you build a that? giant... Let's build a giant wall to literally keep the foreigner out of our midst. But so let me say that this, sounds super. That sounds super biblical. Are those issues not more nuanced, though? Right? Is is no? Is of, it, of course, of course, they're more nuanced. But th- this is the heart of the issue. We refuse, as Americans, when it comes to the political arena, to even broach nuance. 
We absolutely refuse because we have defined it as you're either far right or far left. There is no centrist position because even the moderate is really a super left-leaning liberal Democrat or a super conservative right, right-leaning uh, Republican in disguise. We had just have no trust that someone could actually maintain the middle. And to me, that's that's the the main issue is we just simply refuse to address the elephant in the room, which is, oh, maybe some of us kind of agree with both, kind of fall in line with both. Yeah. But but when rubber meets the road, right? So so take the last election, okay? So here I and this this is not me. Uh, I voted for Jill Stein. There, I said it. Now everyone knows, okay? Um, but but let me play let me play the role of Jimmy the Baptist in Central Texas, okay? And so here I am. And, and I'll play the role of Josh Woodrow, who voted for Hillary Clinton. Okay, that's fine. Tom, did you vote for Hillary too? Yes, I did. Well, we all voted for women. Um, oh, hey. So, all right. So here I am, Jimmy, Jimmy the Baptist. And uh, I'm in Central Texas. And it comes down to it. And I don't like Donald Trump, right? Like, I'm a man who has character. I'm a man who, like, I'm a good dude. Like, I am. And, and I do care about the poor. I do care about all these things. But it comes down to it, and my, my two options for president are a lady who clearly just wants to eat babies and a guy who obviously has no character whatsoever, but he at least is saying he doesn't want to kill babies. What am I supposed to do? That, like, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's why um, I feel like, like this. I'm Jimmy right now. What am I supposed to do? Okay. One, vote for Jill Stein. Two, <laughs> vote for Kasich. Three, uh, remember your high school youth group days and recall the message abstinence is the best policy. Or 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 realize <laughs> realize <laughs> that's right. Yes. Or remember back to seventh and eighth grade civics and remember that the president is only one third of our government and that you need oh. Yeah, okay. That's, but that's great, Tom, but look at our Congress, look at our Senate, look at our freaking Supreme Court right now. Well, it is me- it is let me throw this wrench in there, though, because I, I legit heard this ar- argument from Eric Metaxas, who's, I mean, wrote a biography of Bonhoeffer, oh, incredibly well thought but, in- but he ended up voting. Yeah, I mean, he's super conservative, but he ended up voting for Trump because purely, and he would say this, I think, we'll, we'll get him on here. He ended up voting for Trump. Eric? Purely, he's a big fan of the show. He ended up voting for Trump purely because of Supreme Court justices, that this was going to be a pivotal time in appointing someone to the to the Supreme Court. And he said, if Roe v. Wade's ever going to be overturned, he's like, I got to get I got to vote for the guy that's going to get conservative uh, justices in the Supreme Court. And like that, that was it for him. It's, dude, but isn't OK. Isn't this the problem? What did he just reduce his entire vote to? But what else could you like? Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, like, this, I'm this Jimmy. Saying. The yeah, well, yeah, I, I do understand. I do understand. This is what I mean. This is the thing. We, we have left ourselves with no choice. Eric Metaxas said, my entire vote comes down to Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. For me, for me, my entire vote came down to, am I going to see my neighbors all of a sudden prejudiced or actually segregated because of policies enacted by a super conservative Supreme Court and or president? So it's like, th- this is what we're left with. It, it's the worst kind of suck well, we are left with the fact that we have no actual choice because we have to 
go against one thing or the other that we we sort of want or really do want because we, we just simply don't have another option. I, I think it also goes back to what you just said earlier about that we refuse to go to the nuanced uh, parsing out of, of politics. We, we, we go hard right or hard left because if you think about when you say what other choice do you have, this person wants to kill babies, this person wants to save babies, I think about, okay, uh, you know, the Republican Party right now wants to reduce SNAP benefits, which is going to leave a lot, a lot of people hungry, which is going to keep, which is going to kill people in the end. Old, older people, seniors are going to die because they cannot get food. Well, how many deaths compared to how many abortions right. per year? I mean, that's what it comes down to, is it not? Right. Or, and, or, or, or it's, or it's, I would like our military to be less. I would like us to not be saying such provocative things to North Korea because someone is going to drop a nuke or we're going to go to war. And now a lot of people are going to die. They're not going to be babies in the womb, but they're going to be adult human beings who are going to die. And now you tell me that that's not Christian, that I don't want that. Yeah. Listen, th this might be the dumbest thing I ever say out loud in a I public setting. No, that, that, well, yeah, you've known me a long time and you've heard a lot of dumb things. I've Our said listeners this, have been hearing us for an hour and they've heard you say dumb things. So. Yes. Okay. Listen, listen. Um, you know what? You guys just made me, forget, you just made me forget it. It was gonna be so good. Okay. Really I'm going to try to remember in a, in a circum, in a circumvention kind of way. I was listening to a podcast. All right. On by criminal. So Phoebe Judge and everyone at the podcast known as Criminal, hey, I'm a fan. If you want to promote us, that would be okay. Losing your train Shameless of thought. Shameless plug over. Yes, but here's what they talked about. So this is what I was getting – this is what I was going to say. Abortion, no matter how much legislation is enacted, women will always see their right – to birthing a child, aborting a child, or adopting a child as their choice, no matter whether it's legal or not. And the reason I bring that up is because this episode of Criminal I was listening to talks about the, the I mean, just insanely gruesome murder of a young woman back in like 1890-something because she was impregnated by a dude, and they freaked out. No, It was illegal to have an abortion, so they thought – she thought, oh, hey, I'll have these guys – my boyfriend do an abortion. So they did one and it ended up making her bleed so much internally that they ended up killing her. I mean, that's a completely like ridiculous sentiment, you know, story. However, I think it proves the point that there are just some things that we have convinced ourselves we can legislate into practice right. uh, according to our own systems of belief, which simply will never exist. Right. But because we're broken people and we have broken systems. No, 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 and, and you're right, and that's a common argument, right? That is a very common argument. Like, like, given once again, can I please reiterate the disclaimer? I am fully pro-life. Yeah, fully yeah. pro-life. Yeah, but right, but that that's the common argument is to say like, well, if you make it illegal, um, you know, then it's still going to happen. It's just going to be that much more dangerous for the woman, and it's going to be that much more hazardous, and it, you know, da da da. So just keep it legal so you can at least keep it safe. And, and to me, I'm like, dude, that, like, yes, will that happen? I, yeah, I'm sure it will. But like, 
I, I don't know that that makes it okay for a nation to endorse it and say, yeah, but it's not actually but killing a made, person. Like, yeah, but you've just no, but you've just made a judgment statement. So then, so then, why aren't you voting for the uh, death penalty to be completely eliminated? Why aren't you I advocating as as hard? No, as hard. Why isn't the conservative right advocating as hard for the elimination of the death penalty? Because we see in typically conservative and right leaning uh, Republican states that the death penalty is way up on the list of oh, yeah. priorities. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So that there, there's this there's this inherent disparity between, oh, we will save a fetus because we do not condone the murder of anyone. And this kid inside the womb is an actual human being. But on the flip side, that guy who who uh, who raped women or that guy who committed murder, kill him. Kill him kill right him. now. Stick him in an electric chair, inject him with some fluids, and call it a day. Yep. Which, that is a good primer uh, into our next episode because I do think we're going to want to get into some of that because – I think while we maybe have a consistent ethic that way, the three of us, because we're perfect. Um, we very true. Uh, that, yeah. Um, Pretty much. Many friends that are in our camps, really on either side, So, uh, but, but in, in, our, in our more conservative camps that we tend to swim in more often, uh, don't quite have that same ethic. And they'd say, nah, you know, kill that guy. He's a bad guy. Bad guys die. That's what we do. Romans 13. Hashtag. Um, and so I think, <laughs> uh, I, think uh, I think that's an important thing for, for us to discuss and to say, what does it mean? Classic to Republican play? move, quoting scripture. Classic and, um, Republican move. And then how does that play into our role and responsibility as, as Christians in the civil government? Uh, so this has been, you know, not our I think worst we did, listen. conversation. No, no. I, I think we need a break. I'm out of breath because no, no. I got super okay. like heated. I think we need to take just like a quick timeout, a quick pause to regather ourselves so that we don't sound so angry uh, at each other and at the world when we come back from break and just give a couple of shout outs before we conclude. And we're going to talk about civil discourse when we get back. Whatever that means. everybody we are into the home stretch here and one of the things as we went to break and we're talking about this one of the things that i'm a, a little frustrated with um because this whole this whole conversation is about how can you be how can you be democrat and christian at the same time and we talked about a lot of different issues but the three of us let the conversation uh center around one issue abortion and, and I do not believe that with the complexities of our country, of our people, um, of the global economy, the global community, um, that we cannot boil every single thing down to that all answers are, are simply around abortion. I just, I just don't believe that there's too much going on. And so I'm frustrated yeah. that all three of us, all three of us, I think, agree that, that it's not all just about this one issue. It certainly shapes a lot of our politics here but we think it shouldn't. Yeah. But I, I, I'm just a little frustrated that that's where the conversation, I'm not frustrated. It's just, well, I, I was, I was hoping for a broader discussion. It's where we ended up, which is great, but I don't well, know. So Tom, I, I think to like bring us back to the, the listener question of, of how can you be a Democrat and a Christian? Like 
I, I don't know. It just makes me think of, of a prof Josh and I had in seminary who is, who is very big in civic engagement, really thought Christians should be involved in that world, but, but always, always honed in on, on abortion and, and for him, gay marriage, which we didn't even talk about today, which I don't know that we will, but, but let's just keep it at abortion. And he's like, well, you know, we should just always be talking about that and be in the, you know, just be advocating against it next Y and Z. And, and I was like, yeah, that's fine. And like the Bible talks a lot about caring for the poor and the immigrants and the refugee. And, and, and he's like, well, yeah, but those issues are so much more nuanced. Uh, and so this one's just clear cut. So let's just go hard on the one that's clear cut and the one that's nuanced as to how we deal with it. Uh, let's just leave that to the side. But I feel like what you're trying to get at, Tom, and I think maybe we're all three of us, you know, to answer the question of the listener, I can be a Christian Democrat, is to say, you know what, actually caring for the poor and the oppressed and the refugee and the immigrant, like the exact way to deal with that, sure, that might be nuanced. But those being incredibly critical issues for Christians, like like top five issues for Christians, that's a no-brainer. Like they absolutely should be. And so if there's a party that that makes those things you know, makes us talk about those things, make us acknowledge those things and care for those people, however imperfectly they may do that. That I think is where a Christian can say, all right, I can get behind that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and to be clear, you know, there, there are non-Christian Republicans out there. I don't, spoiler alert. Um, ben Shapiro, my boy. Yeah. And, and, and I think it does, Josh is going to hate it, but I'll bring it back to the, the Andrew W.K., article is of course you would that, that that we are that we are all people that have differing views and it is possible to be a republican and not christian it is possible to be democrat and a christian and have opposing views and things like that and we need to be in civil discourse we need to be talking about these issues whether we believe we're going to change each other's minds or not fact and so civil discourse man i just heard a talk about this today and uh, let me just, I'll summarize it real quick because I know we got to get out of here. Uh, but uh, the, the gentleman speaking uh, said this, uh, respect everyone always. And then he laid out 10 rules of respect. And let me just give four and then we'll get out of here. His four were one, differ without demonizing. Two, uh, spirited conversation without... Um, attacking the, the person. Spirited conversation without attacking the person. Three, uh, don't interrupt or dominate the conversation. Four, uh, limit your volume. No incendiary or belittling comments. Gabe, 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 let me interrupt you right there. Right there. Just, hey, shut up. Uh-huh. No, those are great comments. Yeah, I mean, it's simple. It's simple, but it's like we're in such a place now, I think, where our civility has gone to... So there's a book out there right now. I can't remember who the author is. It's... Uh, it's a lady, I can't remember her name, but the book is called Mastering Civility, and I, I'm going to order it, um, but it's about civil discourse, and what does it mean for us to actually have civil discourse as Americans in, in our country today? Interesting, Reid. I want to bring us into last call, but before I do, I'm just remembering a really funny uh, meme that I saw uh, very recently uh, that will put a nice bow on this, and, and it said, Maybe we should start calling our Earth unborn baby Earth so that Republicans would start giving a crap about it. I saw that too. Last call. La last call. Last call. <laughs> last call. Wait, hold last on. call. Did it say we should call our flat Earth? <laughs> oh.
good one. Yeah. And once again, last call. Can I say last call enough times tonight? Get us All out right, of friends, here. we want to give our shout outs as we go into our last call here. First and foremost, as always, to our number Janet. one fan, Janet. We love well, you so much. Well, I'm pretty sure so I just horribly disappointed. Oh, that's true. She is. Well, Tom, let's let's be fair. You disappointed her a long time ago. <laughs> long time ago. The day that you came out of that fetal womb. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is him, huh? Okay. Uh, um, fine. Interesting. We'll try We'll try for another one and see if we can do better. Yep. Well, And they did. We missed you, Brian. And Brian did much better. He's yeah. an aquatic biologist. Yep. So yep. let's just be fair. Yep. Yep. Uh, so Tom's disappointing life aside, we love you, Janet. Uh, and please uh, check us out on the socials. Uh, Instagram, which we post once every three months. We don't. We don't, we don't <laughs> all we have is, listen, forget the social media call out. All we have is Facebook and text us at 612 208 That's all we do. That's all we have. That's all we have. That's Let's all not we pretend do. like we're more than we are. This is great. 612-208-6258. Shoot us a line. We would love to talk about Gumby and Pokey and Dems and Repubs and all Andrew the fun stuff. In the Andrew WK. Andrew WK. Please give us your opinion about Andrew WK. He's awesome. Josh, you have to do Party Hard as one of the break songs. It's true. Absolutely not. It will be the same music that's always played because that's the license I paid for. Good night. We will see you next time with our friend, well, Gabe's friend, but our hopefully new friend, friend Keith Carter. See ya.